0: Hello, hello
1: everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. As many of us start preparing for the coming winter and the holidays, today we're starting a whole new season of Living the Miracle. Those of you who are our regular listeners already know this, but for those of you just joining us for the first few times, we pick a new theme to explore over the 13 episodes making up each new season. The theme of this 13-week season is Your Spiritual Path, Psychic Life, and Your Family. We already completed 15 seasons since we started broadcasting our show in October of 2017. Wow. As they say, time flies when you're having fun. Of course, you know what the frog says instead, right? Time is fun when you're having flies. Yum. Yum. <laughs> Fortunately, we're not discussing frogs or flies today, but we hope you'll all have fun a fun time anyway. We are, however, exploring a fascinating and profound subject matter your pre birth checklist. Choosing your family. Although we don't have to talk about whether frogs have fun while having flies or not, there is a little that needs to be said about time with regards to our topic. Since it's about a choice you made as a soul prior to being born into your birth family and current incarnation, so it's a choice you made out of out of time in spirit. Remember, there is no time or space in spirit. So anything you do in spirit is done beyond the limits of time or space. But the choices you make out of time in spirit, you have to carry out in the world over time and space once you incarnate here in the dense physical. We'll get back to the effect you the We'll get back to the effect on you living out your choices in time and space that making such choices out of time and space and spirit has a bit later. First, however, we'll address the fact that so many people assume that they had nothing to do with having been born into their birth family except for perhaps the role of the cosmic dice. Some may believe that they were the unlucky ones who picked the short straw or even that they were losers in the birth lottery. Others may believe that they were blessed by the heavens, that they were born into such a loving and supportive family. Yet the truth is that each day and every one of us were born into our birth family by choice. That may be a bitter pill to swallow for those who have felt that they were victims of a terrible fate, that they happened to be born to such unfit parents or families. Granted, a soul doesn't necessarily choose every member of its birth family during its pre-birth planning. One thing is certain, however, that as a soul, you choose who you would have as your birth mother. Occasionally, a soul chooses connecting with and growing up around some other member of the family or even extended family as the main reason for being born to a certain mother. For example, a soul may decide that it needs to have a particular soul for a father, and that soul happens to be married to a soul who is not necessarily the incoming soul's choice of a mother. Of course, the father cannot get pregnant or birth a child, so the soul settles with the soul who is to be the mother. Once in a while, a soul may have the strongest contract with a soul who is a grandmother or some other relative of the birth parents. It may be important enough for the incoming soul to catch up with the grandmother's soul to be born to parents that are not necessarily its first choice. At other times, a soul may have backup plans in case its first choice for a mother may not pan out for a variety of unforeseen circumstances, like the first choice mother decides not to have any children or any more children that she had before the incoming soul. I know a soul who told me when he was a little boy that before he was born, he was looking for his mother as a soul, but he couldn't find her. Since he needed to incarnate at a particular time here, he prepared to be born to a different mother in Germany instead of his first choice mother in the U.S. He said that, At the last moment, he found his first-choice mother, so he was able to be born to her, and he was extremely happy about that. Interestingly enough, Michael met another soul when the soul was a little boy who also knew about his pre-birth experience and choosing his own birth mother-to-be. In his case, he shared that his mother was supposed to birth not only himself and his older brother, but a younger sister. Yet, by the time his sister-to-be was ready to incarnate, the mother had decided not to have any more children, due especially to an untenable situation with her then-husband. The soul that was to be his younger sister did find her second-choice mother in Germany and was born to her not as a girl, but as a boy. These are a few of the choices that an incoming soul makes in planning their upcoming incarnation. What goes into making the choice for a birth mother and family for an incarnating soul? For a great majority of souls, a large part of the choice is due to unfinished karmic cycles with a particular soul. Often, this is a factor that plays heavily into the kinds of unpleasant experiences that the incarnating soul has growing up with a particular family. The soul chooses to be born into such a family to work out its karmic entanglements with one or more of the souls of its birth family. Here we get back to one of the challenges for the soul in translating a choice made in spirit out of time and playing it out in the world over time. An analogy for this might be an architect designing a beautiful house on paper according to what the client wants in a house. The client is happy even with the cardboard mock-up of the designed house and chooses to go with that design. The house is then built to order and the client is ecstatic that he can live in such a gorgeous home. Once the client lives in that house for a while, however, he discovers that there aren't enough cabinets in the kitchen to store pots and pans and that as a taller man, he has to bend over too far to wash his face in the bathroom sink he discovers also that although the landscaping he chose to make the front of the house how the let me try that again he discovered also that although the landscaping he chose makes the front of his house look beautiful there are few gardeners proficient enough to take care of the exotic plants he chose Then, after a while longer, he realizes that when he made his design choices, since he was not thinking about what he would need in the house when he decided to get married and have a family, there were quite a few things that wouldn't easily accommodate a wife or children. He would have to start planning for building additional rooms as well as remodeling some to make room for more occupants or scrap the house or sell the house and move somewhere else. In a way, planning and choosing in spirit out of the confines of time and space, which also means no emotional attachments or reactions to it, it's quite simple and obvious what is needed to fulfill various purposes. It's similar in some ways to be quite pleased with the decision you make on paper or in your mind. It seemed great. Yet when it comes time to actually live through the consequences of those wonderful decisions with emotional reactions, you might believe you couldn't have asked for such nonsense.
2: Yeah, what but, was I thinking? Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. Why would I? I mean, I'm not, you know, uh, an idiot. Uh, yes, but rest, <laughs> rest assured, <laughs> it's All for the better. Yeah, you've heard that one before, right? Yes, this hurts me more than it hurts you. It's for your own good. (laughs) Well, in spirit, where we plan our incarnation quite meticulously, with the loving support and wise guidance of our spirit guides and teachers, we choose what is in our best interests as immortal souls incarnating in the world to learn, grow, grow and heal ourselves to our full awakening, enlightenment, and freedom. Pretty much everything else is secondary to fulfilling that ultimate purpose. Of course, it's also each soul's choice to take the scenic route or the expressway or some other path to its destination. In some ways, it's also like answering all kinds of questions about your likes and dislikes and what you would like to have in a relationship and inputting it all into the cosmic matchmaking app that tells you the most efficient and effective incarnation in which you would be able to fulfill not only your karmic obligations, but even more your purpose for incarnating in the first place. Taking care of your karma is like completing and turning in your homework from last lifetime and fulfilling your purpose for incarnating is like creating a new assignment or business that allows you to be your true self. One of the biggest challenges of fulfilling our plans for an incarnation may be that of not being able to remember that we had such plans in some way. Mm Most people may assume that to recall your soul plan for this incarnation requires a photographic type of memory of your pre-birth experience in spirit. Yet recalling what you decided to do or learn or experience in spirit for your current incarnation is an intuitive process. You don't necessarily have to be able to spell everything out in minute detail. For example, I knew from early, early childhood that I was here to teach. It wasn't an intellectual understanding of anything. It was just an intuitive knowing that I was, you know, what I had to do here. Yet for years, I had no clear idea of what it was that I was to teach. All I knew was that I ended up just... Teaching anything I learn to anyone who happened to be interested. And then even some that were not interested at all. <laughs> Results may vary. <laughs> from, an early, uh, from an early time in my life, whatever I learned, whether I was playing the guitar or some English or Japanese words or what a particular insect was called, I start sharing my newfound knowledge with anyone who would listen. He still does. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think of it as teaching. I just thought of it as communicating and sharing, much like just having eaten a scrumptious fresh-baked cookie. I wanted to share some with the first person that came along. Of course, for me as a child, it wouldn't have been a fresh-baked cookie. (laughs) It would have been a freshly made onigiri. You know what that is? It's a ball of rice with a pickled plum or a bit of grilled salmon in the middle of it. And the whole thing wrapped in toasted nori seaweed. Yum. <laughs> Want some? <laughs> At least I didn't say not toe. Anyway, <laughs> we won't go into that today. <laughs> it wasn't until I was 20 years old and found my teacher that I began to realize the very beginnings of what I was here to teach. It's always been a work in progress, just as I have always been, myself, a work in progress. Just like everybody is. To this day, I'm no different in that way. I still do the same thing. I share whatever I learn. That's what I call teaching. The biggest difference from earlier in my life to now is that I have a whole lot more to share than I did back then. That's called wisdom. Anyway, none of us can take our house or a car or money with us when we exit this world of time and space. For those of you listening who are much younger, I have to inform you that you can't even take your smart devices with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where your wisdom comes in. Wisdom is one thing you can take with you when it's your time to make your exit from here. How exactly do you gain wisdom? All you have to do is live your life. Experience everything. And as you learn from all your experiences, you distill your experience into wisdom. Now, the only time you don't gain wisdom from a life experience is when you get hung up on your memory of that experience. Regret, disappointment, grief anger, hate, boredom, envy, and the list goes on, but you get the picture. As long as you get stuck on whatever emotion in relationship to a certain experience and hold on to it, you can't distill that experience into wisdom because you're still holding on to it. You don't learn the lesson from that experience until you let go of that experience. That requires letting go of your judgments that you're holding on to about that experience. That process is also called forgiveness. When you finally forgive yourself and any others of you having had a certain experience, you free yourself from the pain and suffering of holding on to all the judgments and beliefs you have about that experience. Seeing the truth of that experience as just an experience free of judgments, guilt and blame, sets you free of your memory of that experience and you learn your lesson and what you learn becomes your wisdom. Wisdom is wisdom because it's never in conflict with eternal truth. It's the same with compassion as well. So you could say that the only unwise decisions we ever make are those that are not in sync with truth and love. It's quite simple, isn't it? Yet putting that into consistent daily practice could be challenging, even for the best of us. That's essentially the purpose for our incarnation here. To learn and grow through every life experience, distilling it to gain wisdom and compassion. Waking up is the process of seeing the truth of every experience and not getting hung up on our memory of experiences laden with illusory judgments, opinions, guilt, blame, and all the other add-ons we create after an unpleasant or a painful experience. Over the years, I've seen so many different pre-birth choices that souls have made in relationship to selecting their birth mothers, and other family members. They range from mostly karmically determined choices to getting together with agreed-upon souls to accomplish great works to benefit humanity. It's always the incoming soul's choice as to who that, choice, who that soul chooses to be its birth mother. Yet the soul who is the potential mother always has the right to refuse to fulfill that choice for whatever reason that soul has. The soul of the potential mother has the free will to accept or refuse the contract to become another soul's birth mother. The contract is made in spirit between the two souls, but free will presides in the world. Once a soul incarnates, it's going through its life experiences. What looked perfectly fine on paper may not be so doable in the body and the world. That's for sure. We're coming up
1: on our first break and we wanted to invite you To join us for our next teleclass, Your Journey and Your Destination, Energy Work to Heal Your Work Life, which is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think teleclass series on Saturday, November 13th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. You'll learn how to do psychic energy work to help you make every aspect of your work life not only more productive and less problematic, but also more fun. For all the details and to sign up, go to our November events calendar section at michaeltamora.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-A-M as in Mary, U-R-A.com. Or call our office and speak with our fabulous assistant, Noelle, at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. We will be right back to continue with... Your Pre-Birth Checklist, Choosing Your Family. We'll be right back.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about you are the answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow. Beloved Spiritual Teacher and Clairvoyant Visionary. Order your copy now
2: at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter.
1: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling one 346 9141 Again, that's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: Welcome back, everyone. We've been looking at an important and, I believe, very interesting item on your pre-birth checklist, choosing your family. So let's get back to exploring more. I'm going to turn this right over to Michael so he can continue
2: his train of thought from before the break. Yeah, so before the break, I was starting to talk a little bit about the incoming soul has the choice to choose its birth mother, but it's also the potential mother, the mother-to-be, or not to be, (laughs) that is the question for the mother, (laughs) has the right of refusal, you know, to has free will so she can decide to go ahead and fulfill that choice and that contract. It's really a contract in spirit uh, or not. It's not that different in some ways. For example, uh, I know in California for a long time, I'm not sure, I haven't checked it Recently, but for a long time, California law, a business law said that if you sign a contract, like when you buy a car or whatever, you have three days to change your mind. And um, uh, I don't know what it is today, but some kind of a uh, like a grace period. Right. Well, in spirit, between lifetimes, uh, two souls will will make a contract. Of, okay, yes, we really wanted to be together for this reason. Or, or yeah, it's it's not such a, you know, it's not a thing where one soul and the other soul is really trying to get back together. But karmically, they're bound together. So in one lifetime, one soul uh, does something to the other soul. And this other soul blames the first soul for doing that. And something has to be worked out between the two of them, so each one ultimately is able to forgive themselves for getting into that situation in the first place, and holding it against the other person, and so forth and so on. So, whether it's mostly karmically uh, based or just by choice, by because two souls are, they know they make a good team and they can do a lot more together than they can do by themselves while they're here in this world. So whatever the reasons, the two souls will make a contract. It's called, we we call it a birth contract and it's made in spirit. And very much like Raphael's example of the architect and the client and you know, on paper, it looks great. (laughs) Even (laughs) after it was, the house was built for the client and the architect, oh, it looks great. But once you start living in it, working with it, you start finding a little, oh, gee, you know, didn't have this. And, oh, this would have made life easier. Oh, this is making life more difficult. Things like that. Because in spirit, that's not necessarily anything that. We consider it's it's not that important. <laughs> it only becomes important when you're incarnated in a body in a three-dimensional, you know, time and space regulated world. Then some things become extremely important, but in spirit, it's they're not. <laughs> you gotta remember, there's no such thing as death in spirit, only of the body. Things in the world always die. They're born and they die. They they get created and then they get destroyed. Over time, that's that's just the way it is. So, a lot of differences. So it's not until we come in here to the incarnation that we find certain things, and, and sometimes the mother that was in the contract, the birth contract for a particular soul, finds herself in a situation that's just untenable. And or it's just in her best wisdom, if you will, uh, and information she has, she might decide. You know what? Uh, this soul, incoming soul, I love, needs a better mother, or needs a better family, or needs a to have a better start in life. Uh, I'm not going to be able to give that soul that. You know, and and sometimes it's not uh, true. Uh, necessarily, but that's what the person is experiencing here. And so free will dictates that, oh, she's got the choice to to decide, yep, come on in, <laughs> the water's, water's good, or not, in terms of birthing that soul. Okay, so at times the contract is fulfilled insofar as the chosen mother giving birth to the incoming soul. But then afterwards, the mother might find herself uh, alone in the world, a single mother, impoverished, no work, homeless, and may decide that, you know, I got to give up this baby. This this child needs, you know, a better life. And so she might take that baby to the hospital where in a state where it's You know, legal to leave a child if for any reason, and uh, just takes this baby to the hospital and leaves it there, and hopes and prays that oh, this child will get a better life than if the one that she would be able to give. And other times, it's just the the mother is strung out on drugs and and uh, is only can only think about. Her next fix, and okay, I'll sell my child to to the first bidder and uh, get my fix it's out of her mind. Just isn't thinking, doesn't isn't living by wisdom or anything like that. Just not even aware. So all kinds of things, and sometimes it's a karmic cycle where where the incoming soul has to go through some of these kinds of challenges because of their they're they're getting an experience of what they've done or was un, were unconscious of in a prior lifetime and and caused uh, uh others to experience you know a lot of pain and suffering and all kinds of stuff and that soul has to learn how to get through that and what make makes you that way and, and makes some changes, cor- course corrections, if you will. Uh, a karmic cycle offers the involved souls the opportunity to learn the lessons they each need to learn in order to grow and heal themselves further. Like in regular schools, students are given assignments appropriate to their level of advancement. So what may look like an impossible test to pass To a grade school student, may be hardly a test at all to a college graduate student. Also, when souls advance to certain levels of attainment, they may choose to undergo quite challenging experiences for themselves to further their learning and development. And also direction. The external circumstances of family life for two souls may be quite similar. For example, two souls may have chosen to incarnate into severely dysfunctional and even abusive families. Yet one of those souls could be in the early stages of learning and development, whose life experiences are driven mostly by past unfinished karmic cycles, whereas the other soul could be quite advanced along its path and chooses a similar family situation for a kind of higher education such as that required of a soul coming in to heal or teach others. I've personally known many such advanced souls who chose to be born into families where there were at least one very abusive member. I even know a couple of souls who chose to be born into families in which one of the parents was even an abusive sociopath. They are all adults now doing well along their path of healing, teaching, and guiding others on their spiritual path. Of course, I've known a few others who chose to start their incarnations in highly dysfunctional families in order to learn to forgive themselves for similar abuse that they had perpetrated on others in prior lifetimes. This is part of the importance of developing your own clairvoyance, to look and see for yourself the truth of each person rather than judging them based on what they appear to be, do, or have on the outside. Often, an advanced soul can choose to have both more advanced lessons as well as work out any residual karmic patterns from very early incarnations. One of the things to remember is a karmic
1: cycle isn't due to a soul being bad. We all come from the same soul stuff, and we are all in the same school. And we are, because of the nature of the school of planet Earth, which is from pre-pre-pre-kindergarten to post-post-post-graduate,
0: post
1: <laughs> is every level of soul on this planet, and we're all learning at different levels. So that's one thing to remember, just because uh, you have had, let's say, what you might consider an unlucky life or or very very challenging or horrible childhood and things like that It doesn't mean you were bad even if you're working on a karmic cycle this is a place of learning because when we step out of here through uh, when we pass over or ascend uh, none of it really matters in the sense of we're all the same on that spirit level so a person might I really loved michael's analogy here of a more advanced soul coming into an abusive family who is able to overcome the challenge of it throughout the course of their childhood. And that's not to say it was as as easier.
2: Or fun. (laughs) Or fun
1: or easier than the person who isn't as aware or is more of a baby soul, if you will. Um, You know, those are, are the ones that tend to follow their parents in that abuse, although sometimes advanced souls can get caught up there, too. You know, the abuser, the abusee becomes the abuser and all that. Um, but for sure, it's one one of the things to be aware of when you're picking your family. It's with soul agreements and understanding and many, many souls get to actually get a preview of their life before they come in. And it's an honor to come here because this is a place where we can grow and not just be static beings out there without any any direction or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I'd say Earth, planet Earth. Here, <laughs> this world is like the Harvard or or Stanford or whatever of uh, colleges <laughs> of schools. <laughs> you can learn. There's every subject under the sun being taught, and literally, we are a little bit under the sun. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true, and. And uh, uh, there's, you know, there's lots of, uh, I wouldn't call it collateral damage, collateral challenges. Yeah, that's that's a good word, isn't it? Collateral challenges. So let's say uh, a soul has a very strong contract with a, another soul to be its mother, the birth mother. And so that soul comes in says, hey, mom, you know, how's it going? And mom says, hey, it's all good. Come on in. And that soul incarnates. Ah, but once that soul incarnates, everything's great with mama. But, oh, the mother is married to uh, an abusive, very, very abusive, or that sociopathic type of a person, or some sibling. Maybe the parents are delightful and loving and supportive, but the one of the siblings turns out to be a monster, so to speak, Rosemary's baby. <laughs> and yes, some of you know what I'm talking about. And so what do you do? Well- doesn't mean that particular incoming soul had a, a, a contract with that sibling soul. No, it's just that's how the the parents and the family got together. And you're kind of, in that case, you're Johnny-come-lately, and you take what you got.
1: <laughs> but and you get lessons from it nonetheless. You get,
2: yeah, no matter whether you're a be- much more a beginner soul or, or a very advanced one, it's for your learning. As they say, what doesn't kill you just makes you stronger. <laughs> it's, it's very true in terms of <laughs> spiritual growth. <clears throat> but in terms of spiritual growth, even if it kills you, it makes you stronger. So, and it doesn't kill you, it, it might, you know, destroy your body. But again, everything here, like Raphael said, everything here is for our learning. Every one of us, it doesn't matter if you're the student or the teacher, you're the healer or the patient, whatever role you play, it's part of your learning process. It's not that one person is better than the other person. Like Raphael said, spirit is straight across the board. It's one spirit. That's probably one of the toughest things for everybody to recognize, that Whether you love the person or you hate the person, that spirit that that person is, underneath who that person is, it's the same spirit that you are. So that is, it's it's a bitter pill for many people to swallow, especially if they're hung up on blaming someone else for their pain and suffering. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's not that people don't do things and situations in the world don't bring about certain kinds of experiences that that are very painful and and we endure them. But in the end, we're the same. That's right. I have more to say about that.
1: After the break, we're getting to our second break now. So Uh, We wanted to take a moment to invite you to our annual holiday seminar weekend we normally offer in the greater Los Angeles area, but we're going to do it once more as a special remote for teleclass plus bonus Zoom post-class Q&A and social over the weekend of Saturday, December 4th, and Sunday, December 5th. I can't wait till we can get out there again, (laughs) but we're really enjoying doing these online. Uh, The two teleclasses for each day will be from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. and uh, noon to 2 p.m. Pacific time with the post-class bonus Zoom session starting at 2.30 p.m. Pacific time on, on the Sunday of this weekend. So please be sure to mark your calendars again December 4th and December 5th and stay tuned for all the details in our upcoming shows websites, newsletters, and social media posts. If you haven't signed up yet to receive our free monthly newsletter, you can go to our website, micheltamora.com, or sign up and sign up. And any questions you have about any of our upcoming events, classes, recordings, etc., feel free to call our office and speak with Noelle, our assistant, at 530 926 2650 weekdays during business hours specific time when we return in a bit we'll continue with your pre-birth checklist choosing your family we'll be right back <music>
0: Listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 346 9141. Again, that's 1 346 9141. You may also send an email to Radio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle.
1: Great to have you back. We've been looking at your pre birth checklist choosing your family. We've got more to share with you about that. I wanted to share with you a little teeny story. In in my case, I came into a family, a very large family. Actually, I was the middle middle child, number four of nine. So number four and five, I guess we both were middle children. Um, And when I was five years old, I had this very, very profound dream that I talked about uh, kind of extensively in the very first episode of all of our Living the Miracle uh, radio shows, um, but I'm going to talk a little bit about it here because it's really uh, has a lot to do with what we're talking about today. And that is part of the dream was uh, I was being shown my future, but I was also being shown my present time, and it was all done symbolically. And because I was five and didn't really understand symbols, I did much later all the symbols of this dream, Um, there was actually a male voice narrator telling me what all the symbols meant. And um, one of the things that he said right at the beginning when I woke, became lucid and awake in the dream was I was, uh, I was shown that amongst all the 11 people in my family, nine children, well, I actually only... Let's see, six had been born by that time. So um, that might have been modified if everyone was born. But um, that my contract, I was told, you have a contract with with your mother and your father and your oldest brother, and that's all. And um, basically, the voice was encouraging me to hang in there because I was having an extremely difficult time in my early childhood. I was very sensitive. Uh, I had hearing problems. Um, uh, and also, I was considered mentally retarded for a while. People thought I actually had no intelligence. And the funny thing is how a picture like that endures throughout the course of your growing up. That was I was always treated as the lower intelligent member of the family where, you know, of course, I I believed it for a lot of years until I learned to meditate and I let go of that concept about me. I found out it wasn't true, that it's just that I was sensitive and I withdrew from the, the wildness of the high intelligence of the rest of my family. Um, it wasn't my game that I wanted to play this lifetime, the intellectual game. Um, I wanted to play the intuitive one, and that was my path. But I love my family dearly, and the whatever karma I had with my older brother, Um, played out in my teenage years and i also love him dearly so there there wasn't horrible challenges with him per se but definitely it it gave me knowledge even as a little tiny child it warned me you know you have this stuff to finish with your family you have business to finish so hang in there until you get old enough and, and we'll guide you to where to your people where you need to go and that your family will always still be your people that you came from. And that was a good thing.
2: Yeah. And, you know, listening to Raphael's story, what makes certain experiences, certain relationships more challenging for any of us? Have you ever thought of that? It's it's actually quite simple it's at least when I look at things for myself and and all the people I've ever witnessed experienced going through challenges everybody goes through challenges that's across the board but what we each call the most challenging experiences and people in relationships and life situations are those that we have, A more intense emotional reaction to, isn't it? Right. I mean, yeah. Things that are physical, physically challenging, are challenging, you know. And and uh, but physically speaking, our bodies can only do as so much, you know. And and uh, uh, as as being in an older body now, I find that I can't do. The things I used to do as when I was my buddy was younger. Uh, even when, as an older person, my body could be in some ways more fit in some circumstances than when I was younger. But when I was younger and the body had more of the muscle mass and whatever endurance, whatever you want to call all those things, and coordination, everything. I could do a lot more physical things and doing a lot of physical things were was not difficult. Now it's getting more difficult. But that's just difficulty. And then somebody who's a professional athlete and top tip top shape and and training and everything and they're working out every day and blah blah blah. Ah. You know, they could do all kinds of things that regular average person can't. But that's, that's a different kind of a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, and you get tired, and you, you know, or sore and all that. But it's until even in the physical situation, sports and everything, what is it? When you get to that really high level competition and, and, and uh, the World Series, the Super Bowl, Olympics, ah, the athletes, uh, physically, they're, they're about the same fitness and they're, they're, the talents are equal but it's their mental emotional level that makes it challenging for those people in at operating at that level isn't it yeah and uh, you know everything from what are what's everybody going to think about if i fail or or am i going to lose my position or all that kind of stuff but then in more normal, everyday circumstances for the rest of us, ah, work challenges, family challenges, relationship challenges, all financial challenges even, it's the emotional component, isn't it? Mental, emotional component that makes something painful, uh, scary, right? Yeah, it's not the thing itself because... Because one person approaches whatever the situation, whatever the thing is, and says, oh, I love this. I, I love to jump out of, you know, airplanes. <laughs> 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 just holding on to kind of what looks like a sheet. <laughs> Whereas another person says, no way. You know, that is. Uh, uh. So, so it's not the thing. It's, it's And it's really not the person. Same thing. One person says, oh, this is uh, d- disgusting. I can't stand this person. And the other person comes along and says, I love this person. This person is my best friend. Huh. So it's not the person. It's not the thing. It's not the physical situation. It's your emotional reaction to it and what you think about it, your mental judgments and everything. And that, when you get into a, difficult situation with a person a situation or 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 a a thing to do in life oh that's when you go Whoa, this I don't know if I can do this I don't know if I'm up, up for it I don't know how you know if I'm gonna lose it if I be in this situation any longer all that stuff ah it's internal it's in your mind and so this is the biggest part of our learning process here as souls we make decisions and when we make the decisions we we have free will we we could make the decisions we decide are are in our best interest or we could make decisions half unconscious half out of our wits you know and just in a total emotional uh, situation, and and just we do the first thing that pops up in our mind, and it turns out to be not so great. Ah, so we do things. You know, it's like uh, many medications that it, it helps this symptom, but it can cause other symptoms. You know, other challenges. What's more important to the person? Ah, and the same thing happens in life. We make this decision, and it helps maybe in because it helps this part of our life, but uh, it creates this other problem because of the same decision. The side effects. <laughs> yes, the side effects. It's not just drugs, you know, that have side effects. Every decision has a side effect. <laughs> and so then, oh, remember earlier in the earlier segment I mentioned that that how you can tell if something is wisdom if you if you make a decision With wisdom and compassion, you're in sync with the truth and with love, unconditional love. Ah, then you can't go wrong. Even if other people don't like it, everything will work out in the end. But if you go half-cocked and just make a decision because that's just what I wanted at the moment, ah, you might get something, but there's going to be a consequence and often the consequence of that is uh, you got another problem, right? So that's called karmic cycles Uh, that, Oh, you got another problem. You got to come back and reincarnate to solve that problem now because you handled the situation in your last lifetime this way. And that's fine. It's you got free will, but you got to learn. Oh, sooner or later, you're going to have to make the decisions in wisdom and compassion then you won't have to come back.
1: One of the other things I wanted to talk about was uh, geared towards those of you who grew up in uh, via adoption, foster care, uh, maybe even being hander, handed around in the family. Um, it's so interesting what each one of us experience as souls to actually incarnate and come in. And Part of that checklist Michael was talking about, you know, in, in finishing lessons and all that kind of thing, um, an astrologer will tell you oftentimes we get our main challenges in our early childhood. So, you know, some of that sets the pace for what you're here to learn and do. And I want to use a couple examples of adoption. Um, there's There was quite a bit of adoption in my own family, but we have... One of our advanced students was adopted, and I found out because early, early on when she came to me the first time, it was brought up in a reading. I saw that she had been adopted. There's in some people a kind of subtle wound from that, but what I've gotten to watch over the 30 years I've known her is she loves her family, but her, her lessons that she came in to learn as well as her uh connection to her soul family was with with us and, and the group that we've had all these years. And it's been a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch because, you know, having, a, having adopted, having been adopted, uh, was really not a big deal for her. And we also have friends who have adopted children from China and other countries and oftentimes dreamed about them before they even came into being you know, dreamed of who they were and what they looked like and everything. So it was a very strong contract and it was exactly the right parentage. So appreciate your parents and appreciate your background. And, oh, okay, thank you. The other thing I wanted to bring up really quickly was um, I do a lot of readings and one of the things people get really upset about is is coming into a family of uh, addicts. And um, it's not a bad thing when you choose a family of addicts because you're going through a set of lessons. And it's an important set because every human soul has to work addiction. So anyway, we're coming up to the end of our show today. Thank you for joining us. And we hope that our show offered you some insights about your pre-birth checklist and how you came to choose your family you were born into this time. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for a topic about the other end of the incarnation, death, the teacher of life. It's been said by many spiritual masters that we don't truly experience life until we get past our fear of death and realize it's an illusion. We'll explore how death is the teacher of life and what it can teach us. Remember, too, to join us for our next teleclass Saturday, November 13th, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time on Your journey and your destination, energy work to heal your work life. Check our website or call our office for details or to sign up. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael
0: Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today.